podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. This is Wolf. How are you doing today? It feels back. I'm very much not loving it, but loving it at the same time. God damn so it. we're pot- we're potting full disclosure before the West Ham Huddersfield kickoff. So we're not going to have any Chikorito Antonio bands today to touch on. But Alon, you're you're heading out of town for a couple weeks, so we got to get this one. Yeah, that's we should re- let that out out of the cage immediately. I'm leaving for two weeks. Next pod. Producer Nate slots right in for me. I'll be trying to keep up from overseas and in the Slack channel and on Twitter and all that shit. And then I'll be back for the following pod after that. So Yeah, so we should resume normal schedule. We'll just have a, a new friend, producer Arscast. In, yeah, producer Nate Arscast, yeah. <laughs> next pod. Um, so game week four, nearly in the books. How did it find you? Um... Pretty fucking bad. Like very, very, very depressing week, but not as much of a rank tanking as I thought it would be. Like when you look at my team and the performances that were put together and then my point total, forty points, it's just like I I expected to go down like five hundred K and I'm only down around sixty K. Um, yeah, I mean, you had a good start, so 40 points, it's not like there were a lot of 70s That's the thing. Around. It was a weird-as-fuck, low-scoring week. The only guys who, like, really came through that were very high ownership were, like, Erickson and every top forward. Every top yeah. striker scored. And I have two yeah. of them. I have Kane and Lukaku, so I was fine there. Um, yeah, my, my I mean, defenders and like, goalie combined for four points. Like I just had no other returns anywhere. So yeah, you had the heat and injury was really tough to take, especially since that's one of the very few clean sheets yeah, that came in. This that was week just of, a, just fucked me so badly. Of, of course, I'm like patient with them all year, and then that happens. And yeah, that's been a real big zero for you oh this my year with God. Heaton so far. Yeah, he's his points have been two, two, three, and one. Yeah. Um and then all three defenders getting one pointer is just insane. Like <laughs> not what not what you're looking for. Bertrand not what Jones and not for you, yeah. Um Salah subbed early in that fuck fest. David, no returns in a five goal route. Just him and Kev just swap position. I transfer Kev out which we all know what that means. He's going to fucking come in. Shout out to Adam Krause, who captained him because I transferred him out. And then David and him swap places. David has zero chances created, zero shots, and a 5 nil thrashing. <laughs> it's just like fucking kill myself, dude. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I like got right or feel kind of good about is because my two transfers were Genie and Kev out for... Salah and Brady, but the only thing I got right was keeping Chalaba and not just taking a hit for really no reason. And mm-hmm. I knew Chalaba was probably going to get three points because Southampton are so fucking bad and can't score. And he came in with three. And if I ended up making that extra Alonzo trade for for another minus four, it would have been a big net loss. So I'm happy about that. But I don't know. Chris Gelk on Twitter is 
his his pod question was which antidepressants do you recommend? So Ugh, all of them. That's just yeah, they just have a cocktail. Just close your eyes and and fucking lift the bottle to the skies. <laughs> 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 Cheers. Um uh, it's not great. All right, so Gaming a rough one for 2.6 million, not what you're looking for. No, and, and you're all done, so you're only going down from here. Only going so, down from here. I'm sure I'll get some auto-sub, like, fucking random fuck who scored or something. Yeah. Lots of lots um, of auto-subs in. No good. I don't know about that happening to any teams, but yeah, I don't know. Um, so I sat you? after my wild card. I'm on 52, all done. Um, had a little green arrow. I think I'll hold on to it. But realistically, the the lads came in pretty good. I'm happy with Kane, uh, Captain Lukaku, and then Erickson over Ollie worked out for me this week. I've been really kind of lucky with the Erickson Ollie for the first three, and then shifting Ollie out for Erickson this week. Yeah, that's beautiful. Good. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing good on the Spurs midfield, kind of hurt jerking and jerking. But I'm happy with Erickson for the long haul. Um, and then I got I did hold Ward instead of me, so he got me eight. Um, really only reason was because me was on like minus 90% to drop and I didn't want to pull someone in who was going to be nailed for a drop if they didn't keep it clean. Yeah. So Ward just kind of got lucky with the bonus points, but that was, that came in for me. And then other than that, I mean, I was blanks all around the shop. Brady didn't look great. Still had a couple of near assists. Um, I'm just yeah. going to hold him even though, you know, didn't look fantastic. Yeah. The, the, it's so funny because I was shouting out Dice like, two pods ago and the thing that I loved is that they, they went away from the two striker and they were packing midfield and they were they look good in possession and shit and then then he goes back to two fucking massive donkeys up top and they they get bossed, honestly. Palace should have won that game. They got fucking bossed and Brady can't get on the ball and it's just giveaways and it's just horrible. It's like, oh God. Yeah. Kiss if of death. The kiss of death. If we name anyone the soup du jour, they're just a nightmare. Yeah, it's it's just hopefully he go goes back to the four five one. Surely he will do next week against Liverpool. Yeah. Um but yeah, he's trying if he's trying to play two up top and Palace are bossing the game like that, that's hopefully gonna be the end of that experiment. Yeah, it's a red flag. Would, yeah. Would would look pretty pretty lively though. Um he finished that clinical assist from Changi. Yep. So we'll <laughs> see how Brady goes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold and then Yeah, you, Hess, you hold a guy like him for you gotta be patient. Yeah, maybe with four. A guy like him. Maybe we'll give give him four games, see how he's doing. Yeah, exactly. And then Blend, um, you know, not a, not a fantastic first week for me with Blend. He did play 180 for Netherlands over the internationals. Darmian was really bad, but I not going with Davies is a little bit of a hindsight. Fucked yeah. me up my ass because I was really big on him, and it just kind of was one of those where I really wanted the differential of double United double United defense, and hopefully it'll come in in the coming weeks. But I mean, my. My knee is telling me to just do blend to Davies straight off, but I don't want to react too quickly to that. I think I'm going to probably does save. Seem we'll like we'll just get an there. Automatic move, though. It's like it can't really be bad, you know? Yeah, no, I, it does feel pretty good just looking at the next four for Spurs and looking at how ridiculously good Davies looks in the wing back role with the three four three for them. But I still think that United are a better defensive team. And I just want to go with it for a little bit and see how it see how it settles. But maybe maybe that's my transfer next week. You know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other just player I wanted to touch on in my squad was really Hesse, 
who very nearly came in with a goal that that De Gea save off of his like close range so effort sick, was yeah. such a great save. But he switched roles with Chupamoting this week and was playing a central striker out of position at six million. He just looks like a good pick, so I'm I'm happy that I have him, yeah. and I'm definitely going to keep him for a little while and see if he can start returning with some form of regularity. He seems like someone who could return, you know, every other game. And he uh, could return against him. any opponent, is what that's telling me too. You know, like he returns against Arsenal. Sure, he looked really bad against West Brom, but then like without a worldy save, he returns against United too. It's like you can you can start him in bad fixtures, which is a really good and rare feature of like a six million guy. Yeah, especially because they still have two really bad fixtures yeah. in the near term. So I don't know if I would be buying him right now, but I'm happy to have him and yeah. hold him. Um, and yeah, that, you know that's pretty much it. I had Elliot's clean on my bench, but I'm I'm just happy to have him. So Fucking I'm Brady, be- dude! I also forgot to mention in my depression is I needed five points combined, Heaton and Brady, to win my head to head, and then that happened. I mean, that's normal life, normal life resuming. Normal life, yeah. So, I mean, that's our team's boxed. I think we've got a few pretty interesting talking points for this week after Game Week 4. Yeah, let me just shout out the league leaders. So the current September leaders of the prize league going for those fucking mugs, Nick Forster and Jordan Forster tied on 70. What do they just have the same exact team? I don't know. I didn't even look. The Forster brothers are just going for it, going for the mugs, going for the wall of fame that's now on the website. Um, Yeah, that'd that'd be cool. Top of the Survivor League is still Dan Kime. I mean, no one can catch him. He's pulling away. Arsenal this week. He's just a a festival. And then still top of the Public League as of today, before the other game, is, is still... Srinadish, the guy that I'll be just butchering his name all season, so you can just he, and he had like twenty points this week. I don't yeah, know like twenty stay. points, but that's what happens when you're like top one hundred. You can like yeah. get away with that. So yeah. Where do you want to go this week? What do you want to start with? Um, I don't know. Um, we could talk with. No, I don't want to talk. This about is it. great. About, Great content right here. Great content that I'll be Great editing content. out. I was about to you're, say you're I, welcome. like maybe like City, but I really don't want to start with City at all. Why don't we start with the budget bracket? Because I think one thing that we learn, and we'll, we'll talk about the premium strikers, but Murata, Lacazette, Jesus, Lukaku, Kane, everyone's returning. And it seems like everyone is trying to figure out a way to go really heavy up top. And to do so, you really need to find some make weights in midfield specifically. So I think you know we kind of touched on Hesse right there and Chupamoting, but I think that kind of six million and under midfield bracket is somewhere where a lot of teams are going to need to find one, yep. if not two, players from. Yep. Um, so what's your take on Chupamoting? Yeah, and and we had a, a tweet in about this like Kurku Nama said is Chupamoting great value of five five. I mean, yes, he's he's starting at worst. He's going to start at wing, kind of like he did this this week and he was out wide but his shots numbers and all that were still that of a striker and you know it seems like him and Hesse are just really fluid up top like he's he's down the middle on some counters he's out wide on some other counters the thing with Chupamotang and I guess Hesse kind of falls into this too is that he's just never really proven to be like a good goal scorer like he's okay 
and he'll be okay, but he's going to be really inconsistent. And that seems to be the case with a lot of these cheap guys, and you know that's why they're cheap. But they're, you're kind of going to have to be really patient with all of these guys. Like everyone always talks about, like the new Mares or the new Ramsey. Like I don't think there is one. I don't think there's anyone any, anywhere close to one right now who's going to be that consistent of like a scoring mid. I just think there's a bunch of guys who are pretty good. And they're all going to be pretty inconsistent, and you've got to just be patient with all of them. I think Chupamoteng is one of them. Yeah, I agree. I think you know his Schalke record is really one and three, one and four, sort of something like that. Yeah. Which and for that's five five, yeah, which at five five is a reasonable return for him to earn his price. I think like you, I, I'm glad you brought up the point of patience here because as FPL managers, it's hard to be patient because we look at our experience with Mars when he's 5'5 five, five and he's returning like he's a 10'5 midfielder. He's like a captain. And, right, and having someone in the sub-6 million midfield bracket returning at that rate is not something that happens each year. There's always going to be a better option in that bracket than some others, as there are with all brackets and all players in the game. But if we are expecting that and we have a guy and he blanks three times and we transfer him out like I did with Gross... Um, you're going to miss the halls because they're going to come. They're just not going to come every week. Yeah. So you, that's, like you're mentioning, yeah, well, like you're mentioning, you, you really need to, if you're going to commit to a position on your team in your midfield at that price structure, pick a guy you like and give him four or five weeks, not two or three, because they're not going to be returning every two or three necessarily. Yeah, and if and you like might, them, you have to back yourself that you actually like them for real reasons, not just like some fucking bullshit. Like they scored last week. Right, which is not a real reason and not right. uh, indicative of future returns. But a few more names. I mean, Brady blanked. He's still got all the indirect set pieces, but I still think he's a reasonable pick. Um, I'm happy to hold him. Hesse, we mentioned already. Chupamotin, you know, gross. You can't ignore his 50-pointer this week. He seems like this week was a little more of a flash in the pan than what's to come from what I've been watching of him and especially of the Brighton the Brighton squad. Mm-hmm. But I think Knockert is also someone who you could mention in this in this sentence because he looked really good against Watford. Uh, didn't come in on their three goal output this That's weekend. That's the thing but- that sucks. Like, can you imagine having Knockert? And you see Brighton score three goals and he gets nothing. Like, that's, ugh, yeah, that's, that's so bad. Cool. I mean, that's similar to like you have Silva and they're five and he's putting up a three pointer. Yeah. So, but I think he's involved enough that he's going to be able to get some points. But granted, it is Brighton and they're not going to score a ton. But I think he's in there. Richie and Atsu also. You know, Atsu, I, I think that was probably an international break rest more yeah, than just like Rafa. It. He played 180, I think, for Ghana. Who knows? I don't know when he got back or what's going on there. But you know, he looked lively when he came on. He didn't cover himself in glory, but they also didn't score their goal until he came on for whatever that's worth. Even though he wasn't involved, if you have Atsu, I think you got to hold rather than again just kind of rolling your dice and spinning your wheels, chase your tail, looking for a different player in that bracket. He's just as good as any of these other guys as long as he's playing. If he doesn't start next weekend, then you know, then you got to maybe look at that more seriously. Yeah. And then, you know, Richie, I thought Richie was extremely poor um, with against a red, With a red card shout to boot. With a red card shout to boot, but he always has the indirect set pieces in his locker, and he came in with a six or five-pointer with the assist on the corner kick. So it's the kind of thing and, where... And he's still on pens, which we say every pens. week, but it's, we, it's we important. Think, yeah, we think he's on pens, but it's something like you could... They have good fixtures. He's someone you could look at. We haven't seen Huddersfield play, but... 
you know, I still think that Ince is going to have like a four or five game week spell where he puts in like 35 points or something. He's capable right. of that. His, his stats are really good. He's, he's flying very under the radar. But all of these names, and I think even, you need to really. Even Moy, like we, we, we talk about Moy every week. We don't think he's a good pick because mainly not because of him, because of Huddersfield. But he's another guy that I'm sure if he blanks today, You'll look at the casuals. You'll look at the transfer page, and people will be doing like Moy to Decore and Moy to fucking whoever the other fucking random guy scored. Moy to Gross, everything. And then two weeks from now, Moy is going to return, and Gross is going to blank, and it's going to be the same shit. Like if you have Moy, there's no urgency to go to like Decore or Gross or anything. Like Moy's fine. Like yeah, I mean Moy realistically is very similar to Richie, although he plays in a little bit more reserved role. In that, the open play returns from Moy are going to be very few and far between, just because he doesn't have a lot of opportunity in the final third. Yeah. He joins an attack very rarely throughout the game, and he does. And he, you know, we saw with his goal that he took very well. But his stats are very poor from open play. But he has all of those indirect set pieces, so right. he's gonna. So he'll you know, just he'll get slowly tick over, like yeah. And as long as it's not an urgent thing, the value of a free transfer is much greater than trying right. to like catch lightning in a bottle with fucking decor. Any of these or guys, some random, you know, whatever. Yeah, any of these guys, they all have so, problems. So I think I mean that's kind of the players in that bracket box. But I think another larger, more macro question is. Do you want to even put yourself in position to have a, a spot for this price bracket? You can very easily switch your formation and drop your fourth mid to a four five and really go more of a four three three hybrid. Um, Hi. It's hard. That's me. Yeah. Hi. Right. So it's hard to really ram home an argument that any five five midfielder is going to be better than Ben Davies. Like that's not a tenable thing that you could do. I think the top five. Five five defender options are better than the best quote unquote in your opinion five five midfield option. Completely it's agree. A, it's unorthodox and it's unconventional from what we're used to. And you know, defenders are the only position in the game that have negative points built into their scoring system, which is a negative. But when you have a few of these guys like Blend, if he isn't the most rotation prone piece of shit ever, or <laughs> Davies, or you know, we got sub six yeah, million defenders from the top guys four. We like though, because people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, who should I get? Okay, so like I think Kolasinic. Now you know everyone was fucking sucking his dick after Leicester, rightfully so. He gets benched for his Liverpool because Wenger's a fucking idiot fuck. I don't know what he's doing. He's straight back in. He's left wing back, finally, where he should be playing. It's no surprise he returns. Arsenal have some really like good second pictures forward. coming up. What did you say? He was playing like a second forward at times. Yeah, like, and that's, that's why we were all obsessed with him after game week one. You know, like It seems like that's his shit, and that's what he's going to do, and he's just a really, really good pick. And again, just reiterating what you're saying, like there's no six million midfielder in the game that I think will be outscoring him regularly. That doesn't make sense to me. I agree with that. I, I think after Chelsea, they have a really nice run. And the other difference about Kolasinac that I kind of gathered from watching the few games is that he gets into the same positions as any wingback does by the byline, driving forward, driving past the opposing fullback. But he doesn't just like put his head down and put a shitty through cross ball like Valencia. He's really clinical about his delivery from those positions. And 
he's gonna he's gonna get a, a fair share of assists. It wouldn't surprise me to see him lead the defenders in assists this year. Absolutely. So at at six on a team like Arsenal, who always are good shouts for clean sheets against the minnows, he's a good little little pick there. The only thing is looking at the fixtures. Got Chelsea away, then they have a string of five fantastic fixtures, but then it goes goes a little bit south. The fixtures are kind of mixed there for Arsenal, yeah. so I think it's going to be a tough one to be patient with him because you know when Arsenal are not going to keep clean sheets, and that's pretty much every single game they play against the top four side. Right. So it's going to be yeah, a ballsy you see shout. City and Spurs on the horizon. That's not no, good. There's no. That's a one pointer unless if he gets a attacking return. But you know you could still rotate that position. It, it would take some balls to bench him for someone like Naughton. Or maybe like a four or five Burnley defender, but if you're playing the fixtures, you could you could still still do that. Yep. What are, what are some other guys you like? I think Chelsea. You know, they're again a little bit more expensive. Alonso, we don't really need to talk about. But you know, Espelquet at six five, I still think is reasonable. I still like David Luiz at six. They're going to be coming in with cleans, and they have a fixture shift really soon. I also think you got to start looking at uh, Keane on Everton because. Yep. For however poor Coman is at setting the team up to score goals, they're always going to be tight at the back, and they've kept some cleans against good sides, and their fixture run starts very soon. So it's maybe a little bit of forward thinking, but he's someone that should be in there in that conversation. Um, I still think Bertrand's a good pick at 5-5. They're still looking okay, I guess, defensively, and he's as good as a attacking fullback as you'll find. And uh, and then I think Mendy is kind of the yeah, new flavor. I was going to say, City guys are just great. Yeah, especially if we do get any information about company being more, you know, it's his calf, so he could be out for at least a month. I think the five five stones or Ottomendi shouts are very reasonable because they're absolutely nailed to a post if company's out. And, and six, they're going to keep is a, a ton of fucking cleans, like we've been saying all year. Yeah, they they just have so much possession; it's silly. Yeah. And they're they're going to keep cleans based on their possession alone, and their fixtures are very, very good right now for the for the medium term. Mendy so, is so good. Yeah, Mendy's kind of like Kolasinac, but instead of being like a tank, he's just really fast. And yeah, uh, he's it's like still those like are, really strong, really, and really delivery, strong, but he's also super agile and fast. Yeah, he's just... Yeah, his delivery is, is really, really pinpointing. Like, it, so. you, you watch a City game, and you watch Kyle Walker, and you're just like... Ugh. Who is, you're like this guy's the worst guy on the pitch by a million. Who the fuck is this guy that? And you're like, oh, he he costs like the same as Mendy. What world are we living in right now? Yeah, they're like equal for speed, but every other aspect of their game is one is complete shit and one is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's unreal watching them together. Um, yeah. and then I don't even. I think Matip is also a de- Matip is a decent shout. I mean, Liverpool are keeping a lot of cleans, as counterintuitive as that may be. Yeah. Um, After the fixtures, a five-nil, yeah. Yeah, the fixtures are pretty good. Um, Matip is not going to be rotated, unlike the fullbacks. It's it's a lot easier to talk yourself into one of the fullbacks since they're like four or five, but. Yeah, there's going to be rota- safe, regular rotation at fullback. Yeah, Matip's a safe route into one of the best defenses in the league. Um, God, so people yeah. are going to be like, <laughs> best yeah, after a five league, nil, uh, five nil. Like, uh. but you you got to look past the five nil playing with ten men against you know, arguably one of the best attacking side in the league. When you when you probably look at just their record, the best side in the league, probably. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you when you look at their clean sheet record over the last ten or so. Premier League games looking back to the end of last season, it's fucking good. And they are going to keep cleans against poor sides similar to how City will do. 
simply because of the you know their possession and, and that. So I think it, it's definitely not fashionable when you're looking at all these other sexy fullbacks or wingbacks or whatever. But at five five, I think you could do do a bit worse than Matip. Yeah, and I still I still think um, back to Arsenal for a sec. I still think Nacho's a good pick. He feels like the most nailed, and he's five four. He dropped. And yep. now that they actually have like a competent defense and the right guys playing in the right positions, Monreal's really good on bonus points. He picked up one this week, and he's just you know he's just nailed and good. That's really yeah. Big. No, I I definitely like that Nacho. Sure. I'm glad you mentioned it because it's five four to six is a big difference, it's especially a huge when difference, yeah, huge, especially when you're trying to always skimp at the back. So. Is Kalasnak going to be worth 0.6 more? Maybe. It's hard to say, but yeah, it's hard to say because it's a big ask. It's it's going to be based on how many attacking returns he gets because they both get four points on the cleans, and as you mentioned, Nacho's good on the BAP. So yeah, I think Nacho's a great pick. At yeah, and then so last yeah. last but not least is Hagazi. Just kidding. Fuck Hagazi. Let's go. <laughs> Hagazi out. <laughs> um. Maybe we should talk about Liverpool for a sec. People are really worried about them, and like, I don't know. Well, obviously, everyone's transferring out Mane as they should, but people are simple mug ass. How effective will Liverpool asset be now that Mane's out for three game weeks? Mane's missing two, isn't that right? Isn't yeah, only two. There's a league cup. Which is fucking amazing. Um, so, what's your what's your take on Phil coming back in at the at the front three instead of the middle three? Because that's what I would anticipate. That's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm expecting too. I haven't had a chance yet to listen to Anfield rap because I'm short on time right now. But that's what I expect too. It just makes the most sense. It like you don't have to completely shake up the squad to to just patch a hole. You know, it just works. It worked all of last year. It's good. I don't see any drop off. I'm really just not worried at all. Uh, Firmino and Salah, and I'm just like, okay, they're just still great picks. No worries at all. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a little bit half and half on it because while it makes sense from in my head that Phil would come into the front three, and then realistically, what we would about Firmino and Salah? Imagine if Salah was Mane from last year when Phil's playing in the front three. That was the time in November and October when Liverpool were blowing teams away. So if that is the case, I agree with you. I see yeah. not much drop-off. However, he could still put fucking Sturridge in, put Firmino out wide, and then you guys are a mess. Well, yeah, of course. If so that's, that's the way he goes, I'm very worried, and I think it's yeah. a really bad decision. But At the same time, if you have these assets, you're looking at two game weeks, one of which is Burnley when you're going to have 70% possession. It's it's not a sell for me. I find it hard to imagine that you don't have more pressing issues in your squad. Yeah. And when Mane returns, again, just two game weeks, you're going to want these players back in because we know what they can do when they have all three, plus imagining Phil slot into the middle three, giving them that much more creativity. Yeah, I, Salah's, think, it's, I think it's just a hold. Salah's trying to break FPL records by being the first guy to go down, up, down, up, price rise every week. <laughs> Ugh, the price changes is just doing my head in. Um, let's let's look over to the premium forwards though, because I've seen a lot of wild cards being popped, and we saw Kane's brace come in. A lot of people are still stuck with a Lukaku, and then two strikers who are maybe in the eight region, or yeah. you still have Chikorito knocking around there. How how much would you rip your team up to get Kane in? And question. B to that is would you do a Lukaku to Kane swap if that's really your only reason way to get Kane 
without taking a minus eight or something? What do you think? Hmm. Well, first part, how much would I rip my team up? I a lot. <laughs> would you take a minus eight? Uh, like you're looking at downgrading a premium midfielder, maybe a mid-priced or a premium midfielder, and then bumping up someone like a Chikorito to Kane or a Vardy to Kane uh, or something like that. Like, would you do something like that? So much, but I honestly might do. Okay. Um, he's gonna rise probably point two ish this week, and he's. By far the best captain job for game weeks five through eight. Yeah, no one else four, is in That's contention. a set, set and forget captain for Set game and forget for captain, four. best player in FPL, best captain, no question. No one else yep. in the conversation. Yep. If he comes through, especially next week or the week after, he's going to just keep flying up the price rise. His ownership is going to just keep flying up to Lukaku levels. Mm-hmm. I think a minus eight, something like that, is actually not the worst thing in the world to get Kane. Okay. Um, like I said, I would rip my team up a lot. I mean, we, we've been pushing Kane all year, and people have been laughing in our faces, but now they feel bad about life, and, you know, you got to get Harry. you just got to get him. There's no other way. But for the second question, Lukaku to Kane, that's so tough, dude. Like, me and Scott were talking about yesterday how – Lukaku has four goals in four games, yet he's being talked about like he's just blank for four game weeks straight. He's looked so bad. Like, he doesn't pass the eye test at all. He looks, like, actually terrible. But he's four goals in four games. Like, he's just, like, Costa last year where he's just going to non-flashy just return every week and just put up a ton of points. Or Vardy even in the championship year. Where they just, he just re- scored every week. It was just like he's going to score one goal, maybe one goal, one assist every week, and it's just good. It's just good points. It's really hard to like make that direct swap. I really think best is to have both of them. I'm I'm not sure. That's such a hard call, Lukaku to Kane. Yeah, you got. I guess check your gut. Yeah, I mean, I, Kane I is agree. better. There's, no, that's not a question. That's no not an argument, argument that we're going to have here. But I think the the larger question is, it's more team specific to what your needs are and what you need to do. But taking that extra four point hit to a minus eight, although it sounds very drastic, if it causes you to hold Lukaku, might be better than just taking that minus four, and then you lose Lukaku because you're you got to expect Lukaku to continue to trickle just because of the nature of of the I, team built around. Yeah, him. I just can't imagine. Kane and Lukaku really leaving my team for anything but like an injury. Okay. Like they're so, just I just feel like they're just staples of FPL and they're both in perfect positions for FPL success and like they're just going to be competing for the golden boot all year and just be really fucking good like they always are, you know? It's it's just hard for me to imagine not having them both. Okay, so I have a little bit of a different take on it with Lukaku specifically because Kane is someone that I'm not going to be losing unless he gets injured for sure. But Lukaku, if I'm not going to be captaining him, which I don't really want to because he looks so bad every game. And Kane is so much better. And Kane's so much better. There's a big million, million and a half difference if you go from Lukaku to any one of Murata, Jesus, or 
uh, Lacazette, what the fuck, Murata, yeah, and or Lacazette. Yeah, I feel like if I'm not going to be captaining Lukaku, that he's someone I will want to jerk in and out of my team based on fixtures, because we talked about it a couple pods ago, where I still really think that Lukaku's ceiling in tough fixtures is one goal. That's the best I will ever hope from him. Yeah, I mean, in so a tough far fixture. his ceiling in easy, his ceiling in yeah. easy fixtures has been one goal. Yeah. And I'm trying to look, and especially while we're talking about you know holding our mid-price midfield assets a little bit longer, we still get a transfer every week. And if I'm going to try and maybe get some rises in the ranks, hitting on shuffling a premium attacker in and out, and hitting those kind of fixture little fixture bursts could do well. You know, maybe I'm going to remove Lukaku for four game weeks when they have some t- a tough spell right. and put someone like Lacazette or Morata in or and Jesus. see if I could Yeah. Yeah, maybe I I mean you could gain 15 or 20 points in that window if if you hit. Yeah, that's and very I fair think, with the with the changing of the captaincy. Yeah. Because again, you know, Lukaku will be standout captain option in some week. You know, I'm looking at 12 and 13. He has home Newcastle, home Brighton, you're going to want him in for those, and maybe he's looking better at that point, and you can captain him when you know Harry has Arsenal in that week and then West Brom, which isn't the best fixture. But I think Lukaku is not a staple in my team at all just because of Kane's existence, really, and the, right. and the price that they cost and the, the trio of fantastic options at the 10 million striker region, Lacazette, Murata, and Jesus, who I all think are objectively better picks than Lukaku. I just think that Lukaku, with the ownership, the margin is thin enough between Lukaku and those other three striker options that the safety in owning Lukaku is still there. You know? Right. I think you're more talking about the projection for the next like ten ish game yeah. weeks, and I'm yes. more talking about like right now. Right. Fair. You know, and I'm just like right now. I just can't imagine not having Lukaku. I can yeah, see. I, I can yeah. see your logic there. Like if he's still looking really, really bad, and then they have a run of. At Liverpool, home Spurs, at Chelsea coming up. It's like, and one of those other guys has a good good run. I see no downside as long as you're not planning on captaining Lukaku, which you wouldn't do. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, I like that. I like that. It makes so, sense to me. Jesus just proves himself to be nailed, despite yeah, so despite Pep, he's just nailed. Let's talk about those three because they all came in this weekend. They're all um, so good. They're all great. So, I mean, I think there's definite pros and cons with all. Um, of the three, who who would you lean towards if you're if you're sticking one in your team right now? Uh, probably Jesus, honestly. Why? Just think he has the highest ceiling. Um, came in back to back matches, Max Bones. Lacazette and Morata haven't really shown me that. It's really just the ceiling. That's it. I think they all have terrific floors. And I think Jesus is the highest ceiling. I just think he's the most potential, like, huge double-digit haul type of game. Like, Lacazette is really, really good. A really good player. But he's only... In his two games where he scores six goals, those are both six-pointers. And it doesn't seem like he's, like going to score that much more than that ever. And Murata is a little bit similar. Like we talked about Chelsea, how they just don't attack as often as a team like City do. Even though Hazard back in is going to like give him better chances and all that stuff, Like he's still not even like shooting that much with his feet. He's just relying on like headers and stuff like that. It seems less of a 
dong to me. Whereas Jesus and City, I don't know. I just I just feel better about that upside. Yeah, I think I'm with you on Jesus. I agree with the upside and, and the ceiling. Um, City also do have a fairly fairly amazing fixture Very, coming up. Yeah, that's a huge factor. Yeah, I still he's nailed in the sense that he's played all four games so far. And he was preferred to Aguero against Bournemouth when he went with single player up top. But it must be said, he hasn't finished 90 yet. Yeah, the um, subs are so frustrating. They have so many games. You know, you know Pep's going to want to do it in the group stages. I think that he's, he's just as much of a rotation-prone player as maybe Murata, maybe a little bit more just because they have more quality and, and other options on City. But, you know, he played 56 minutes, the game was done, but he braced and he got taken off and the game was out of reach because of him. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think Jesus is a nice pick and he's a little bit of a differential too at this he point. He is, yeah. Everyone he's, went off their city assets hardcore, yeah. Yeah, his ownership's under 10%. I agree with you on Murata, though. I, I don't like the fixtures as much from an attacking standpoint for Chelsea moving forward. A lot of them are away. He's getting all these header goals, which I never feel like is extremely sustainable unless you're like Peter Crouch. It's, no, it's just a universal fact that just headed chances are less likely to go in than actual Kicking shots. The ball. Yeah, yeah. It's just bad. It's not as good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I like Jesus. I think Lacazette, I agree with you. I think he's similar, kind of like Lukaku, where he's going to just kind of tick along at a more moderate pace. Yeah, um, you're going to look back at the end of the season and be like, oh, he had 20 goals. Wow, great season. But it's yeah. not going to be hat-trick explosions, or at least as of now, it doesn't really feel like that. The the two X-factors that we're not playing with right now are the two main players or main men on both Arsenal and Chelsea have yet to feature, right. really. Right, right, so right. So we don't, when Alexis comes back, maybe and we they're, know Lacazette's going yeah. to be on pens, and as we've seen in the last few years when Alexis is in the side, Arsenal get a lot of pens, so if they get something like six pens and that's being boosted onto Lacazette's goal total, that's a big thing. Yep. We don't know how it's going to influence their play. They might all of a sudden just be an explosive attack when Alexis is in. Right, and same with Hazard. Totally same reasonable. with Hazard. Yeah. So it's the opposite with pens that we'll, we'll probably see Hazard back on pens, but they're going to just be more creative, and we know Hazard's always capable of driving to the byline and putting those crosses in. So Murata is going to be more threatening on the counterattack, everything with Hazard. And so, right. So the, but, yeah, those are massive X factors that we'll definitely have to monitor. But right now I think, yeah, I think I'd go Jesus. Yeah, and the other thing is if you go Jesus, Jesus and, and we're looking at these three players, we get a free transfer every week. You could just do a side swap. So it's a, it's an easy thing to remedy if you change your mind. Man, the forwards... It's like I was joking on on the Slack channel, but the the ideal formation in FPL this year is five zero five. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or five, no one, midfielder. Five, like I'm not interested in any of them. So I think another thing more macro, like we were talking about with that six million and under midfield price, it's having three heavy forwards now looks like it's the type of thing that you should be trying to shuffle towards. It's difficult to do if you want someone like Alonso in there, but. You know, Firmino at eight five or eight six, whatever the fuck he is right now, I still think is is a really nice pick, and I prefer him plus a million and a half to any of the three ten million forwards we were just discussing. That's thing, you know, yeah. Firmino with pens and stuff, but and then you got Kane there, who I think is is by far the number one FPL player. Period. Lukaku versus the ten million, you, you can only fit so many in, so it's you got to go with your gut and kind of analyze the fixtures, 
the player you like more, what kind of risk you see as more in a player A versus player B, and just pick your guy. So if you're wildcarding this week, you think you'd go Kane, Jesus, Bobby? Maybe. I, I still feel very safe with Lukaku. I, I mean, yeah, Everton that's, have looked, that's the thing. It's like... He has four and four. I it's mean, like, it's yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Like, it, yeah. It's attractive and desirable to get rid of him. And then you circle back around to yourself and you're like, what am I even thinking getting rid of him? You know, it's so hard with him. Yeah, I think that yeah, the million and a half when I was playing around on my wild card last week, it's it's a big difference, especially if it's going to afford you like another Kolasinac or something back there in addition to maybe you have three premium defenders. Right, bend but, me out, Kolasinac in, yeah, like that's insane. That's a big difference. So, I mean, do I want Kolasinac and Jesus versus Ben me and Lukaku? I mean, you got to go there all day, especially when you're not captaining Lukaku. Right. But you can also, on the other side of the coin, argue... You know, you rotate me, so you you know you're still going to have a decent defender in that slot exactly. instead of Klasenak, and then you have the safety with Lukaku. You, they still have Everton, Southampton, Palace coming up in the next three. It's not unreasonable to think he's going to get at least three goals in those three games. I'm looking more for Lukaku out at around game week eight and and avoiding him for eight through eleven when he has Liverpool, Huddersfield, Spurs, Chelsea. Um, but that's a that's a question for another day. But right, I, and I we'll think have to see where what how he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, it will be pretty interesting. I think home Everton will be an interesting game for them because obviously Everton are not good, but they are very deep defending, solid defensive team. We've well, seen them now. get turned over by the, the elite teams. Like Chelsea and Spurs were just able to cut through them and just dominate a game, but they held City in check, you know, and. It'll be interesting to see what side of the coin United kind of end up there because I could see both things happening, you know. Yeah, well, I think that's a. I'm. I'm I don't. I agree with your assessment that they got turned over the last two and they had a good performance against City, but I have to go off of the most recent results and yeah. they were absolutely all over the shop. They could have lost six nil to Spurs this yeah, weekend. Yeah, it seems like United are poised to do that. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have all the possession. It's just going to be a matter of, is United also going to look the same as they have the last couple against Stoke and Leicester, which was just ponderous on the ball, slow, not creating much. We'll have to see how it over goes. Over under seven shots for Pogba outside of the box? Way over. Way over. Way over. So it's that's going to be an interesting game. But right now I think Everton look right to be done. Yeah. But... You know, if he, if you know, if if he's not going to play like Mata, I thought it was a huge miss for them against Stoke. I thought that was really naive that he didn't play Mata. It's really weird to me. Like something's weird that he changed the starting eleven. It's very on move. Yeah, and I mean, I know he's got to have an eye on the Champions League game, but I think they play Basel or some shitty ass team. Yeah, and it's Basel. Mata, it's three Mata straight, didn't... ten goals, zero conceded, and he changes the back four, and he you know changes the midfield. Yeah. Like doesn't I really mean, seem good. Lynn makes more sense because he did play 180, so you don't know what his fitness levels are there. I don't understand with Mata because he didn't play 180. You know, he didn't travel back from like Brazil, so yeah. I don't know. That was a weird one, and I mean, it, it showed on on in the performance. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see that. We'll see where that goes there. But I think you could talk yourself into any of these options that we're we're bandying about. Yeah, they're all great. All right, uh, let's let's. Any other talking points you want to move on to next week? Um, I guess one last one that I thought was interesting from David J on Slack is that he's highlighting team value, um, and it, it's okay. this is kind of piggybacking off of the forward 
talk that we just had. He said there haven't been really any enablers to emerge so far. It seems harder to build team value this year due to the price algorithm tweaks. On top of that, we have heavy hitters all over the park pushing for inclusion. Will you be changing your approach at all? For example, being more likely to make a transfer earlier in the week or take a hit to remove an underperforming player about to fall in value. So like, My, has team value played a role for you at all in like early transfers or anything? Um, I think it's, it's something that we always every season need to react to because they change this shit every fucking year. And we're seeing obviously a lot more price drops than price rises. So it's really for me so far been a matter of trying to not hemorrhage value rather than trying to hop on potential double risers. But I think the short answer of it is the way that we're looking at reacting to that is switching formations to things like 4-3-3, where we're trying to find the players where there's more value in the player price per million in, you know, the 5-5 midfielders versus the similarly priced um, five five defenders, I should say, and the similarly priced right. midfielders. Those are the enablers. The, yeah, the, those are the ways that we're reacting. I still, I made one early price change or early transfer for price changes after game week two or something to get Pogba in because I was fucking stupid. But I still don't think it's smart to make early transfers just like I never have when you have. Like this week, you have UCL coming. I think Europa's on Thursday. You don't know who's going to be injured. You don't know who's going to be rotated. It's just you're always asking for it when you make those early transfers. Yeah, so dude, I'm, I'm not... going to be in. I'm going to be in Paris. I thought I would get lucky with a PSG Champions League match, but they're they're away. Uh, that would have been insane. That would have been so sick. Fuck. Well, yeah, I think I like the shift that they're doing with the game, though, and not rewarding the hardcore player too yeah. much. Because last year, when you have wild carding, your second wild card, and a lot of the hardcore FPL team values, selling values, are in the 105, 106 regions. That's stupid. You know, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, it was and, ridiculous last year how often everyone was just making their transfer on Saturday. Yeah, or and Monday. Then banking a triple rise and not. Not getting punished for it because, of course, casuals never get punished, and it was just so frustrating. Yeah, and I, I think it's the kind of thing that people are still going to be playing that way, which is fine. But if you're not catching those double rises which, with regularity, and you're not going to be building your team value as much as you were last yeah. season to really have a huge impact on your your team down the road in, in the winter months and as we come into spring, it's not going to be worth the risk of the early transfers. So right. I agree. that's that's how I see it. Um, again, there's always more than one way to crack a nut, and I think <laughs> you could still play that way and do early transfers and try and catch your double risers, but there's not a huge difference in your team if your selling value is 101 to 102 and a half, you know, or 102 to 103. So I think if you just play smart and get in good players – you know you're gonna you're gonna see incremental team team value increase anyway. That's kind of my take. Do you have any any anything else else to add there? No, I like that a lot, and I okay. also like there's more than one way to crack a nut. There is. It's true. You yeah, there's more than one way to handheld. There's more than one way to do everything. I love that expression. You can just swap in anything. Yeah, I mean you could wipe your ass in so many different there's ways. There's more than one shit. way to wipe your ass. Yeah, it's a true story. There's more than one way to dick a fuck. <laughs> Um, All right, let's let's look to next. Oh, I, one other thing. I guess we need Ben Davies. I mean, he's he's clearly the the newest number one target. Yeah, FPL Chelsea on Twitter wrote, "Are we all just dumb for not having Ben Davies?" And I just wrote, "That's a yes." yes. We've been said, saying that since the first game. This is the same thing about when we didn't mid pre- last season. Yeah, 
And it's it's funny, like we both don't have him, and it's the same thing. Like Walker last year when he was five five into Spurs defense, and everyone else was six plus. And we knew he was. We, we great. knew it's great, and we just don't have him. So we're just it's, we we aren't learning from our mistakes there, which is unfortunate for us. But that's a bad thing. Yeah, hopefully you guys thing. are. Yeah, but again, I, it's a. I'm trying to calm myself down and not do just blint to Davies straight up and Davies price rose last, yes, last night. And I'm just going to try and hold my knee there. But Davies looks like by far and away the best defender to own, way more, more so than Alonzo at the million and a half less, I think. Yep, seems good. And Rose is just dead for life, so don't even worry about that. Yeah, he's been due to return to training for a year and a half. So, <laughs> um, so let's go to captains. Yeah, I mean, we kind there, of talked about there it. There are it's none. Really gotta, yeah, it's, just, it's just Kane, you know. Gotta it's just Kane. Kane. If you didn't have yeah. Kane, what are you looking at? Lukaku, home Everton, you like that? No, I hate that so much. Yeah. It's too unpredictable. And they're, they're not, not free-flowing. I would like to maybe look at a Liverpool player, but it's a very tough one. You don't want to do it before you see how they shape up, I think. Yeah, it's really tough. They have the Champions League, you know, group on either side. Yeah, it's there's, a little sketchy. It's a, it's a tie. Firmino would maybe be an okay shout, but I think if it wasn't Kane, I would just do Ali or Eriksson. I, I think that's the safest thing. Ali has his ban in Champions League, so he'll be fresh. I think that's reasonable. Eriksson, I think, is always a very good captaincy shout. He's so involved. And I think you just got to stick with Spurs there. Yeah, the, the Swansea performance. Spurs were the best option, yeah. Yeah, the Swansea performance was very intriguing to me. I really enjoyed the game uh, yesterday. They played the diamond. They had Renato, and Renato's stats were so bad. It was funny. Someone posted them up on Slack. It was just like giveaways, no tackles. Like he nothing, was but... really bad. Yeah, he was. He's pretty bad. Like physically, God. Like yeah, it, his age and what he can do with his body is scenes. That's why he's at Bayern. Yeah, but like but... his decision making and shit was atrocious. Yeah, I think Swansea are just a, a team that when they visit a top side is always going to be a really good contender for a captaincy shout. We saw how they fell apart against United, and United, you know, they can't break down Leicester or Stoke, so that says a lot about what can happen with Swansea. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll, we could see a pen in that game. I, th- I think Kane's going to be a good shout there. But I, Ollie and Erickson would be my second and third captaincy Yeah, and I, I don't think Jesus is the worst, even though I like Watford and I think they're good. Yeah, I still would captain a, a spur midfielder over Jesus, though. Yeah, that's fine. I always yeah. say Jesus, but it's fucking Jesus. I need yeah, to I mean, drill do you want me to start saying? There. I could start saying Firmino. Oh, do you want that, Alon? Don't even do it. There was another one though. There was another Eno this week that was like really funny. It was uh, fuck. I'm not gonna remember. Guess Jason pointed it out in Slack. It was so funny, and then guess Jason was saying just like any. Any Eno for an English person just turns into Eno, like Brian Brian, Brian Eno, ambient musician, <laughs> ambient god. And then that's there's a Friday Friday kickoff this week, so make sure you don't get fucked by that guy. Yeah, Bournemouth. Um, set your lineup yeah. on Friday. Um, I don't know. I think that's it. Is that then, a wrap for well, us? I don't want to talk then about our Palace. Teams, so you're you're saving for sure. I'm either saving or doing the blunt to Davies swap. Yeah, blunt to I'm, Davies I'm, just feels so good. Feels good. It's part of, you know, I have 0.4 in the bank, which, which just is just nothing nice bad thing. about it. I can't think of one reason to like not do it, really, is what it comes down to. Uh, I don't know. I think you just do it. I don't really want to. 
it's done. Just I do think it. you I'll should see. just do it, yeah. I'll have to see on the back end of the Champions League games and see if I have a change of heart. I mean, I have enough in the bank to not get fucked by it, but maybe maybe I'll go that I route. I think you just do it. It's We're splitting hairs deciding like which defense is the best defense, even if United's best. Spurs are right there. Spurs, yeah, Chelsea, and United are the, are the best defenses. There's no difference between... The defense is enough to think of how much more threatening Davies is. More threatening and more nailed. It's just more better nailed. all around. Yeah, I'll see. I'm, it's it's something I might do on Thursday. I'll see after the Europe European games are done and see if I make sure I don't have any inju- any other injuries. But I'm excited yeah, to could, type up lineup lambs from France. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, that's something I that's something I could definitely do. We'll see. Yeah. Um, as for me. I only have one free. I popped both last week. I'm probably just doing a Heaton swap. Um, yeah, who, so who are you looking at? We didn't at? really yeah. talk about <clears throat> Heaton and goalie replacements or anything, but we can do now. M- Mikel Danielson asked for the best Heaton replacement. I am looking at Pickford. Um, we know he is a save machine, and if he racks up the save, he can he can return some bonus points too. And while Everton have looked awful last two and – they have a bad fixture this week. They have a good run coming up. I think they'll keep a bunch of cleans. Other than him, I'm mostly just looking at like the standard four or five guys. Just you know, unenthusiastic Fabianski Foster type of guy. I haven't like thought too too much about it yet, though, to be honest. Okay. I I think you should really seriously look at Elliot. Um, yeah, Elliot. That's that's I, a super good option. I mean, it's just another very solid performance from him against Swansea. Another clean, back-to-back cleans. He's gotten almost, he's averaging three saves a game. The fixtures aren't terrible. Newcastle, you know, with Rafa, they had a makeshift back line and they kept it clean against an albeit poor team in Swansea. But I don't think that there's enough in it for any of the four or five options yeah. to yeah, warrant that's over Elliot. That's true. I, th- I think if you're not going to go Pickford, which I think is also a very reasonable shout, getting a, a, the cheapest nailed route into their defense will be probably a good thing to do. Saving a million there and it's just going Elliot sits a lot of money. Saving a million so, there will enable me to go like Mariapa, Alonso, and still have like one and a half million in the bank to get like Kalasnik. I, I think yeah. that that you're going to be really happy after you Alonso and Kalasnik in for Simpson and Mariapa. Yeah, but so I think those fucked. are the yeah. That's so much better than just having like Pickford and Pickford. then another like Maguire or someone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I think that's something you should play around with and look at what spots you want to address on yeah, your it's team. So tempting in to the take next a couple, hit, but I think I just. Hold like I did last week. There's no, really, no reason for me to no. take a hit. No, I don't. I don't think the hit's a good, good play. It's, but just, I just, so, think, it's just so tempting to get one of the guys that I'm like saving up for because I still right. haven't gotten them. You know, right, right. Yeah, I just think Elliot. I, if I wild carded today, I would go eight million at the back. I, yeah, I think it's just it was another very solid performance from Elliot, and they've got the kid Darlow or whomever knocking around there, but. Elliot's going to have to have a few shockers to be dropped, I think. Even though Rafa was trying to buy a goalie yeah, there's no in the window, there, there's dropped. no reason for him to be dropped. He's been playing very well. So I think going eight at the back, it's a little risky because you will be looking at 
either a hit if you don't have enough in the bank, or you know, you'd have to have something in the bank to swap Elliot out if something happens there. But I think it's worth the risk because Elliot looks just as good a bet as any four or five for points to me. Yep. Yeah. I think you're spot on there. I think I'll do that. Okay. Um, let's do some fucking anus slaps and then call it a day. Yeah, we just have a few anus slaps this week. We got three three new friends joining three up. Three new patrons joining up, supporting the pod, keeping the pod alive. Thank you so much in advance to everyone. Patreon.com slash FMLFPL. We have good rewards and shit. Check it out. Yeah, why don't you just rattle the three off? We got Matt Ritchie of Newcastle fame. He just, yes. he just he comes loves the in. Pod. Yeah, he loves talking about us. He loves us talking about him on pens. He, you know, he's just getting it done. We got Noel Alberto, and we got John. Mm, oh, go, go on, good luck. John, what are you doing? I think you got to send us. I think it's Centas. It's a silent T. Centas. John Centas, don't call me Tentas. Don't call me Tentas. It, that look. It honestly looks like a typo to me, but it's probably it's not. not. No, that's his name. I confirmed it. I wonder what kind of name that is. It's maybe like some crazy Greek shout. I don't know. John sent us. Tell us. Tell us when you when you can. So check the Patreon out. We got all the cool rewards. That the Slack channel has been fantastic. Getting a lot of banter, a lot of RMTs going on in there. Yeah, I'm gonna try um, my best to keep up with it while I'm away. But it'll be yeah, mostly got, late night shit, probably. Yeah, it'll be fine. And then we got the. Uh, the prize league, which has been going strong. We have our new Hall of Fame feature on the website where we are going to get a picture of the mug winner. We had our uh, August mug winner shot yes. in there. So, you know, modest fee of a couple bucks, four bucks, five bucks, whatever it may be. Check out the page. And if you want to support us, we really appreciate it. Keeps the keeps the pod going. Yep. Cheers, y'all. Check us out. FMLPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL. Uh, oh, God. Check us out oh, at FMLPL. <laughs> I'm going to have to fucking do these next week. I'm going yeah, 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 to do an check oh, us big, out. FMLPL. big okay for me. What? Big okay for me coming up with producer I name. cannot wait for your okay. Oh. That's the thing I'm most looking forward to on my entire vacation. I'm so nervous. Check us out, FMLPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL. As Walsh mentioned, Patreon.com slash FMLPL. And cheers. Cheers.